and grateful this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for a great day like this. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to live to witness this day. Dear Lord, as we have gathered, we ask of your spirit to minister to us. Let your spirit teach us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the fathers that you have given us in this church. We thank you, Lord, for the founding father. We thank you, Father, for all that you have used him to do. For one, man, one man's obedience. Lord, you have brought all of us this close to you. We are thankful for his ministry. We are thankful for his life. We are grateful for that which you have used him to accomplish. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus as you take your seats. Wonderful. And now let us be less movement. Wonderful. So we read a scripture in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Today I am talking about Anna, your prophet. Anna, your prophet. Hallelujah. Anna, your prophet. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. For those of you who do not know, today is our Galatians 6, 6 Sunday, or Anna, your prophet Sunday. And it's a day in the year, one day in the year that we set aside and we especially acknowledge the prophet that God has given us. You know, oftentimes we may take things for granted. We may overlook things and we may assume things. And so once in a year, we set record straight. We remind ourselves of something very, very important that we ought to do. That's to honor the prophet that God has given us. And so Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for our shepherd. We thank God for the shepherd that God has given us. We thank God for our apostle. We thank God for our pastor, for our evangelist. For our prophet, we thank God for our teacher. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God has given us a great man of God. God has given us a very unique gift. Hallelujah. And we are grateful for this very gift that God has given us. I want us to look at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I am going to read from the New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Amen. To lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. You have been called by God. So you are to live a life worthy of your calling. Amen. Your life should reflect what God has called you to do. 
Hallelujah. This is what we are exhorted to do. If God calls you, you are exhorted to live a life worthy of your calling. Hallelujah. Go to verse 7, the same chapter, verse 7. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. God has given each one of us, each one of us, a special gift. Say a special gift. A special gift. That means one person, you can find at least a gift. A special gift. Hallelujah. It says God has given to us a special gift. Each one of us. Now verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Remember in verse 7, it says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift. And so he's now naming the gifts that God has given to us. The gifts that God has given to the church. He says, the apostles. God gave gifts to men. And it includes the apostles. Hallelujah. Our bishop is an apostle. He's someone that plants churches. He's someone that goes about starting churches. So he says he has given us apostles. We find this gift in our bishop. He says he has given us prophets. Oh, our bishop is a prophet. A very powerful prophet. A prophet whose words do not fall to the ground. Hallelujah. The evangelist. Is he an evangelist? Wow. Today, if we are talking about one evangelist, one worldwide evangelist, he will be on the top or among those who are on the top. Amen. Amen. This is one person I'm talking about. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. He is a pastor. He pastors us. And he teaches us. Hallelujah. Then he says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Wow. Wow. If there's anyone who equips the people of God to do his work, I can say that the bishop is a person of that kind. He's someone who has raised thousands of pastors. He has brought up thousands of pastors. Thousands of sons and daughters have come from his loins to do the work of God. He has equipped many people to do the work of God. You see, their responsibility, the reason for these gifts, the reason for one person having this gift is to equip the people of God to do the church or to build the church of God. And he says, this will continue until we all, it will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to 
the full and complete standard of Christ. This will continue until we all. This will continue until we and our children. This will continue until all of us come to this knowledge, come to this stature. We are looking at a pastor who has pastored fathers and mothers, and now he has left to pastor the children of the fathers and the mothers. Wow. wow. Their responsibility. Hallelujah. He said, this is their responsibility, that we will come to the knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. If there are Christians today that are so mature, you are talking about people from Lighthouse. Very mature Christians. Oh, you, are, you disagree with what I'm saying? I thought you were going to clap for that. Very mature Christians. You see, you may not know, but you see, you form a group of very mature Christians. Hallelujah. He says, mature, he says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. You know, people from this church are not the kind that go to a prophet and say, bathe me, take my clothes off. And do, do we find such, you see, we are people who are mature Christians. Mature Christians. Because you have been fed well. Amen. Because you have been fed well. You are not the kind that are blown about by every wind of doctrine because you have been fed well. Hallelujah. He says, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. You are talking about people from this church. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about when a person is walking worthy of his calling. When the person is walking worthy of his calling. He says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like the truth. Amen. Amen. You know, there are certain lies, they will never apply to you. I'm telling you. You know, you have been fed so well that certain lies, they will not apply to you. If someone comes and says, is your mother a woman? You see, that when you begin, is your mother a woman, not old, not young, in between, and... You see, there are certain lies they will not apply to people like you. And it's because you have been fed well. It's because you have been taught well. Hallelujah. I am talking about when someone is walking worthy of his calling. He said, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Hallelujah. Anna, your prophet. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. 
He says, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God is saying, I will give you pastors according to mine heart. I will choose pastors for you according to my heart. According to how my heart feels about you. According to my heart towards you. According to my love towards you. I will give you pastors who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. I will give you pastors who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, if God has chosen a special pastor according to his heart, if God has chosen such a special pastor for our church and we don't honor him, if we don't honor what God has given us according to his heart, then we are also dishonoring God's choice. Then we are dishonoring what God feels befit for us as a church. Then we are not honoring the choices that God has made for us. If we do not honor the prophet that God has chosen for us in this church. And we don't want to be that kind of church. I said we do not want to be that kind of church. Hallelujah. Because there are serious consequences for that. Amen. There are serious consequences when people do not honor the pastor or the prophet that God chooses for them. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6. You see, you may want a pastor of a certain kind. Your heart may desire a pastor of a certain form. Your heart may desire a pastor who speaks in a certain way or who does things in a certain way. But you see, that is not the kind of pastor God gives you. God gives you a pastor according to his heart. According to what God feels about you. Not according to your feelings. God does not give you pastors according to your descriptions or according to your desires. But God gives you pastors according to his heart. Hallelujah. It is up to you to see and appreciate what God gives you. Not according to your choices, not according to your heart, but according to God's choice, what God gives you. So Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. You know who we're talking about? Who are we talking about? Jesus. I couldn't hear you. Jesus. Wonderful. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. Hallelujah. You see, they acknowledge, it says, from whence? You see, they were astonished. That was the first impression when he began to teach them. They were astonished. 
And then they said, from whence hath this man these things? That is a very appropriate question to ask. Now the answer to this question is very, very important. When you ask yourself a question like that, the answer that you attribute to it is very, very important. Hallelujah. It says, from whence hath this man these things? It is so right to question such a thing. To look at a man and say, from whence this man, these things? I cannot associate such great things with this man. Where do they come from? From whence this man, these things? And what wisdom is this? We've never heard this before. What wisdom is this? Which is what? Giving unto him. That means it is not his own wisdom, but it is given unto him. Very good analysis. Very, very appropriate analysis. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Very reasonable questions. What wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Such mighty works. To acknowledge the mighty works that are being wrought by his hand is also very appropriate. Hallelujah. Then the next verse. You begin to answer the questions that are running in your head. Then they said, Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary? You see, now you are beginning to associate the works with the person. Do you understand? You are beginning to associate the works, the wisdom, the mighty works, you are beginning to find it in the person. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, it's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, from whence this wisdom that such mighty work is wrought from a carpenter. From whence this wisdom that this mighty works, who gave him this wisdom in the carpenter shop? You see, you begin to analyze and figure out. It says, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon. So you see, you are looking around to see, is anyone amongst them such great genetic transformation to have come into him? You see, you analyze everyone that is around him, everyone that is associated with him, to see perhaps it is from one of these. Perhaps his association with one of these. Perhaps it's in the family. And so you begin to analyze everyone that is associated with him. He says, it's not this the son of Mary. Mary's son, we know that. We have established that. Mary is not any superb, high, intelligent, educated, you know, been to the school of the prophets type of woman. So you push that aside. It cannot be from this association. Now, it's not... The, is, is he not the brother of James? James? James that is pulling and pushing and carrying chairs around here. A 
and Joseph. We know Joseph. And of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? You know, let's be honest. And analyze the thing well. Are not his sisters here with us? Now, when they could not link this wisdom, when they could not link this mighty works with any of such things, such as his family, himself, his education, his background, when they could not link it, then they were offended. Then they were offended. Hallelujah. Whenever you begin to analyze a man of God like this, you begin to take the God factor out of him. Hallelujah. You begin to take the God factor out of him. He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Whenever you analyze the man of God in this manner, you take the God factor out of him. Yes, you can see the mighty works. But your analysis of the person does not allow you to look beyond to see the God that is within. Your analysis of the person cannot allow you to go beyond him. And so you are surrounding him and looking around him and looking what he's associated with to explain how he can also do such mighty works. Amen. You cannot even acknowledge the God who chose him according to his heart. You cannot acknowledge because you are so focused on him and his relationship and the people that are associated with him and the people that he knows. And so you can't look beyond that to attribute any of these things to the one who chose him for you. Because you never saw him going to any Bible school. You never saw him having any Bible school classmates. He has never been to the school of the prophets. You have not seen any certificate being displayed. And so you cannot associate him with such great works. He comes from some poor country. You cannot associate. You can see such mighty works coming from a place like that. You look at where he comes from. You know some of his classmates. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You know the school he attended. You know where he's coming from. You knew him. And so you cannot associate him with such great works. And the Bible says they became offended. You look and you say, no, 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 no. It is not possible. It is not possible that he can do such things. And you become offended. Hallelujah. But if you read your Bible, you will understand why God does that. If you read your Bible, you will understand why God makes things like that. Hallelujah. If you look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, you will understand why God does that. Amen. 
Because God never intended that you will associate the mighty works with the man that he has sent to you. Because he is the one that sent you that man. Amen. Amen. And so God intentionally chooses someone that you will never associate mighty works with. Someone that you will never associate great things with, with such wisdom with. He says, for you see your calling, brethren. You see the people that God has called. You see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh, if you analyze in the flesh, if you analyze with man's wisdom and looking for wisdom in a person, you will not find such an one. You will not find such one that God has called to do his work. When you are using man's wisdom to analyze the person, to see from whence this man such wisdom. Whence this man such wisdom? It's not Mary, his mother, James and Joseph and Simon, his brothers and his sisters. Are they not with us? You see, when you begin to analyze and say, he has not gone to any prophetic school. He has not gone to any Bible school. He has not gone to, he's just a carpenter's son. He says, when you see the called people, if you look at the called people, how that not many wise men after the flesh, after the wisdom of man, not many mighty, not many noble. You find you will not find many mighty. If you are looking to associate mighty works with this man, you can find it with him. Not many. Not many noble are called. You will not find many noble people. And then verse 27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the foolish things of the world. Things that you will not consider mighty. Things that you will not consider noble. Such as being born in a manger. You see, God chooses things like that for a reason. He says to confound the wise. That you will not associate mighty things with a man. You will not associate the great things that you are seeing. I do not want you to associate it with the person. That is the intention. Amen. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The weak things. So you see a weak, noble young man like a carpenter's son. Someone whose brothers do not amount to anything. Whose sisters are not so great. And you will see mighty things associated with such a person. He says, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So there's so mighty works. There's so mighty. He says, from when this man such mighty works. And they look for which he's associated with this mighty works. And he's a weak man. Someone so weak. Someone so meek. Someone that you will not associate such things with. Amen. Amen. The next verse, and base things, low things of the world, and things which are despised, had God chosen. Yea, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. And the reason 
why God does that. The reason why God does that. The reason why God does not want you to associate these mighty works with the man. The reason why God doesn't want you to associate such great wisdom with the person is in verse 29. It says that no flesh, no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh. No flesh. No flesh should glory that you cannot associate it with the flesh. That the flesh will glory and say, this is me. This is me. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure. This treasure. There is treasure in earthen vessels. Do we have that scripture? He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's treasure, but it's in earthen vessels. If you do not open your eyes to look beyond the earthen vessel, you will not see the treasure. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Wow. Wow. And not of us. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Amen. So back to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. It says, and they were offended at him. When they could not, it says, when they made the analysis, it says, it's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. And when they could not associate these things with him, the Bible says, and they were offended at him. And verse 4, he says, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. Hallelujah. He says, a prophet, when you see a prophet, every prophet has an honor. There is honor with every prophet. There is honor associated with every prophet. Because he says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. It is a choice of God. And so, he said, Jesus is saying, every prophet has an honor. But what makes the prophet without honor is just the people who are around him. It's just the people who are around him. But every prophet, he says, a prophet is not without honor. When God chooses a man, there is honor in that man. There is honor within that man. What makes the man lose his honor or appear as though he has no honor is because of the people that are around him. Such as his own country and among his own kin and his own house. Hallelujah. That is when you find a prophet who does not have honor. 
Hallelujah. So when God chooses something, you cannot say it is not honorable. Do you understand? It is not honorable. Jesus is saying a prophet has an honor. Except when certain group of people are around him. Such as people who know where he comes from. People who knew his background. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, there are so many people who are being blessed so much by the prophet that God has given us. Do you understand? So many people. But in his own country, among his own kinsmen, in his own household, the prophet has no honor. And I say, this is a very serious thing. Hallelujah. This is a very serious thing. Because if you are expecting something from God, you are not able to receive it if you do not honor the prophet that God sends you. If you are expecting anything from God and you are not able to receive the prophet that God sends you, you cannot receive anything from God. Hallelujah. The Bible says God cannot do great works in your life if you cannot receive the prophet that he sends you. So verse 5, it says, and he could there, there, say there, there, there where there are certain people, there where he's surrounded by certain people, the Bible says, and he could there, there, you see, I say a prophet is not without honor, except when he's surrounded by certain people. And the Bible says, there where he was surrounded by certain people, he could do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Hallelujah. He could do no mighty works. When a prophet is not honored, God cannot do mighty works in your life. Not that God does not want to do mighty works in your life. God wants to do mighty works in your life. But what is hindering God from doing the great works in your life is your inability to honor the prophet. Hallelujah. Now can we say then that our blessings from God, mighty works from God, that God is going to make us mighty and great it depends on how we honor the prophet that God gives us. Yes. Because the Bible says, this is Jesus. Full of power. Full of power. You know, someone came to him. Someone came to him in um, John chapter 3 and verse 1. John chapter 3 and verse 1. You see, this is the revelation that the people around him did not get. He said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Are you with me? Yes. He said, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Master or Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We know that. You see, there were many Pharisees who could not receive from him. But this one he came to Jesus. He sneaked and came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, 
We know that thou art a teacher come from God. And the revelation that they all miss. He said, for no man, no man, no man, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. No man. No man. This is the revelation they missed. When you acknowledge that, that these mighty works, they cannot come from you except that God is with you. Then mighty works come into your life. Of all the Pharisees, through this revelation, the next verse, look at this, the next verse, Jesus answered. You see, right away, the the, 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 the power of salvation. Jesus felt like I ought to give to this man. Did he ask for salvation? You see, was it the topic? Was it, did, 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 did he ask how a man can enter into the kingdom of heaven? But Jesus said, if you have acknowledged, if you have this revelation, then this great work, let me give it to you. Let me give you this great revelation. And then he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Wild revelation. Powerful revelation. Just because someone came and acknowledged that I see mighty works and I acknowledge that God is with you. I acknowledge that God is with you. Hallelujah. I said, God cannot do anything in your life if you cannot honor the man he sends you. God cannot do any mighty works in your life if you cannot acknowledge and accept the man that God sends you. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. It says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them, you who killed your prophets and stoned them, which are sent unto thee. You see, we kill our prophets and we stone them. Do we have stones here? You see, but now our stoning of the prophets, they are from our mouths. And our ignoring them and not acknowledging them. We kill our prophets like that. Do you understand? He says, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as hen gathered her chicken under her wings? And ye will not. How often? He says, how often would I have gathered thy children? How often I would have loved to gather your children? You see, there is so much that God wants to do for you. There is so much that God wants to do in your life. There are so many things that God wants to bring into your life. He says, how I would have loved to gather you. How much, I, how often? I have longed to gather you. How often I have yearned to gather you. 
as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but you will not gather. How? Why would God say that you will not gather? That God is making effort to gather you, to bless you, to do mighty works in your life, but he says, it's not possible. I cannot do them. I cannot accomplish this in your life. I cannot accomplish this great thing in your life. And the reason, he says, how often will I have gathered thy children together, even as hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye will not. And the next verse, he says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Because you could not receive the prophets. Your house is left unto you desolate. And the next verse, he says, For I say unto ye, ye shall not see me henceforth. This is God talking. He says, you shall not see me henceforth until ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Wow. Wow. You are not going to experience great things in your life until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, there are so many great things that God can do in our lives until we acknowledge his prophet. And so, back to Mark chapter 6. Are you following? Are you enjoying what I'm sharing with you? Are your eyes opening? So Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. It says, and he could there do no mighty works. He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. Verse 6. It says, and he marveled. He marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief that they could see great works like this and they cannot see that there is a God in me that is using me to do this. And he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled and he went round about the villages teaching. Wow. Wow. He went round about the villages teaching. The same thing he was doing with these people. Now let's look at what happened when he left these people. Go to verse 14. Verse 14. He says, And King Herod heard of him. King Herod heard of him. For his fame was spread abroad. And he said, That John the Baptist was risen from the dead. And therefore, mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Can Mary raise a person from the dead? Can Jose and James and Simon raise a person from the dead? So Herod looked at the mighty works and then he said, John the Baptist must be risen from the dead. God must be involved in this. He said, John the Baptist must be risen from the dead because I see mighty works do show for themselves in him. Wow. This is Herod. Herod. 
He could see that God is involved in this. Amen. The next verse, it says, others said, that is Elias. You see, they could not, they could, they could see that something mighty is here. They said, it is Elias. And others said, that is a prophet or as one of the prophets. The next verse. He says, but when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John, whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. <laughs> you see, he could not, he, could, he was marveled. He was marveled by the great works. And he said, it got to be John, who I beheaded. Now I'm in trouble. Because he could see that great power is here. Great power is here. Hallelujah. Verse 30. Verse 30. This is the same chapter. We don't have time, so we can't read all of it. So when you go home, read all of it. So look at verse 30. It says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had thought. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Do you see? There were so many people, so many coming and going, that they did not themselves, they did not even have time to eat or rest. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Do you see? And the people saw them departing. The people saw them departing. You see, this is, he had just moved from a place where they could not receive him, where they could not honor him. He had just moved from there. You see, all you need is to leave the people and move away. That is all you need. He had just moved away from the people. And look, he says, now these people, he says, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him. And run barefooted. They run afoot, theta out of the cities. They run, they run. I am talking about a place where the man has no honor. And I'm talking about another place. He said the people were running afoot, theta out of all cities, and outwent them. They ran past them. They knew where he was going. You see? I'm talking about when there's power in a person, how that power can be brought out. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There is so much that God wants to do in your life. But God will always use a man. Amen. God will always use a man. God will always use a man. He says, and I went them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, much people, and was moved with compassion towards them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Many things. He says, you have brought yourself. You like me. You honor me. You admire what is in me. He taught them many things. And then verse 35, he says, quickly, and when the day was now far spent, 
his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country, run about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. Give them something to eat. Don't send them away. Can you imagine these people acknowledge who I am and they admire the gift that is in me and they cherish what is in me. They are not analyzing me. You see, last time I was sharing with the weekday service and I said, you know, when, when a young woman, when a young woman, you know, a Christian young woman, you know, you are not, you are not cherished and you are not admired you are not you, 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 you want to get married but you see people cannot see they can't see and so you know you are trying to do all kinds of things put on makeups and extend your eyelashes and trim your eye and wear short skirts and you see you are doing you are doing certain things on the outward for them do you understand? To admire that. But you see, it's, it's their inadequacies. It's the man's inability. In their inadequacies, they cannot see the great thing that is within you. You see, it is their inability to see beyond. See beyond eyelashes. And see beyond extended hair. And see beyond short skirt. It's their inability to see beyond that. To see that there is a great thing in this person. The young women in my church, they are very powerful. Oh, yes. Very powerful. You know, if you are looking for a good wife, you come to me. Yes. They have been fed. Very, don't look at the outward. Don't mind the body. Mind the engine. Is that made you understand what I'm saying with see? So Jesus was saying, listen, don't send these people away. Don't send them away. He says, give them to eat. And they shall say unto him, shall and they say unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He said unto them, How many loaves have we? It's like we can't send these people away. We have to feed them. When you when you admire the gift that God sends you, mighty things come your way. He says, and when they knew, they said, five and two fishes. Jesus was wondering, do we have any bread at all? He says, we have five and two, five loaves and two fishes. Then he said, and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the grass, on the green grass. He was confident that these people have acknowledged some greatness. They have acknowledged the God in me. He was confident that God was going to do a miracle for them. He was confident. He knows that once the church is able to acknowledge the gift that is within the prophet, powerful things are going to happen to them. So he says, just make them sit down. Just make them sit down. We have five loaves and two fishes. Just bring them. Bring them. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven. 
Wow. He looked up to heaven. That is where his help comes from. It's not his relationship with his brothers. It's not because of his mother. It's not because of where he comes from. He looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and give them to his disciples to eat before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did eat and were filled. They did eat and they were filled. You will be filled because you honor a prophet. I say you will be filled because you honor a prophet. Not because you are any special person, but you will be filled. You will have an overflow because you honor a prophet. Every prayer gets answered because you honor a prophet that God sends you. He says that, he says, he says because you have honored that prophet, because they have honored him, he said, bring the two loaves. Bring the five loaves and the two fish. Bring them. Make them sit down. I say you will be filled. Amen. You will be filled. Amen. You will be filled. Amen. You are a child that gets filled because you honor prophets. Amen. You are a child that gets filled because you acknowledge the gift of God that is within the prophet. Amen. 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 You will be filled. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, a prophet is not without honor. A prophet is not without honor. Verse 43. He says, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. You will have an overflow. Amen. I say you have in abundance. Amen. Your acknowledgement and honoring of a prophet will bring abundance in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive abundance because of your honoring of a prophet. Let there be abundance in your life. I say let there be abundance in your life. In the name of Jesus. Because you honor a prophet. Because you acknowledge a prophet. Because you acknowledge the presence of a prophet in your life. Let there be abundance. I say let there be abundance. In the name of Jesus. Let there be abundance. Receive abundance. Be overfilled. You will get filled. You will never hunger. You will never have a need. Let every need be met. Because you honor a prophet. I speak prophetically and I say needs are being met. I say church, needs are being met because you are not prophets. In the name of Jesus, let every need be met. In the name of Jesus, your thirst is quenched. Your hunger is quenched. In the name of Jesus, receive the blessing that comes upon anyone that honors a prophet. In the name of Jesus, he says, and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. The Lord will preserve you through his prophet. I said the Lord will preserve you through his prophet. Let the Lord preserve you. The Lord is taking you out of Egypt. Because of the prophet. If only you can receive that prophet. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. There, he could do no mighty works. He could do no mighty works. He could do no mighty works. Oh, yes. Mighty works. Oh, what a prophet that God has given to us. We acknowledge the prophet. We acknowledge the pastor. We acknowledge 
the man of God that God has given to us we can we come oh Lord with a heart a brand new heart the heart that acknowledges the prophet the heart that acknowledges the gift that is within the prophet he said you see your calling how that not many wise after the flesh there are not many wise men in the eyes of men and he said God does this so that no flesh shall glory in his presence that no man will take glory no man will take glory of Jesus we thank you Lord for a prophet for a teacher for a pastor for an evangelist who has walked worthy of his calling who has walked worthy of his calling the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. But you are here. And you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to take a brand new walk with Jesus. If that is you, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you want to give your life to Jesus, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life? You are here. You say, if I were to die today, I am not sure where I'm going. But when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, except a man be born again, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. If that is you, you say, I want to see the kingdom of God. I want to be born again if that is your prayer I want to say a short prayer with you wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll say a short prayer with you you say I want to give my life to Jesus I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life if that is you just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that anyone here like that father we thank you for the gift of salvation we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus name amen we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings for copies of this and other messages contact us via email at lci dot B-R-O-N-X at gmail.com.